0: to reproduce this content in any form, it is strictly intended for my personal use and the enjoyment of my family and a few close friends. I hope you enjoy today's daily musings. August 8, 365 Dow, Day. 220. Threshold. Why mourn for a cocoon after the butterfly has flown? Death is one of the few givens in life, and yet we fear it. We immaturely deny its presence or refuse to take it into account. In life, where so few things are stable enough to serve as true reference points, death is one of our few assurances. Death is not an ending. It is a transformation. What dies is only our sense of identity, which was false to begin with. Death is the threshold of this life. Beyond it is something else, some mystery. We can only be sure that it is unlike this life. Let us be unabashed in admitting that no one knows death definitively. The closest we may come is a supposed near-death experience, which, by definition, cannot be death itself. Alternately, we can examine other people who have died. We can look at a corpse. When we do, we see that whoever or whatever it was that animated that body is no longer in force. Is that body our dead friend? No. Whatever it was that was the person we knew is gone. What use is there to mourn over a lifeless shell in a casket? Death defines the limits of life. Within those limits, there is structure upon which to base one's decisions. Whenever one deems that one's life has been fulfilled, one can utilize death as the portal away from this existence. Day 220 And now, Beyond Belief, Daily Musing for August 8. Today's quote, Those who eat too much or eat too little, who sleep too much or sleep too little, will not succeed in meditation. But those who are temperate in eating and sleeping, work and recreation, will come to the end of sorrow through meditation. Bhagavad Gita What do addicts know about balance? We know excess. We took excess to the extreme. It was such an integral part of our makeup that many of us fear at some level that without our excesses, there will be no fun left in life. Will we be dull and lifeless without extremes? We might believe that excesses engage us with the outside world and that they are part of our charm. Excess leads to isolation, not engagement. Who eats a whole tub of ice cream in plain view? Do we still entertain the idea that binging and purging is living life to the fullest? Maybe we think opposite extremes can be a form of balance. If we stay up all night reading books about balance, are we not missing the point? Our true natures still exude personality. We don't have to rely on extreme or exaggerated behavior. Meditation breeds balance and peace. Extreme living has made serenity uncomfortable, or at least unfamiliar. We adjust to balanced living. It takes an open mind. If the first few days of practice could not quiet the clamor from the committees in our heads, we try again. How many of us have tried for a whole week? to become experts in meditation, only to say, oh, what's the use? We are not very realistic, are we? And let's consider what the end result will look like. Many of us have learning disabilities, emotional disturbances, and trauma that plague our attempts to focus. That is all the more reason to dig in, because we have the most to gain from even a small improvement in concentration or relaxation let's not compare ourselves or strive for unreachable standards. Let's just see how our progress goes. Do I believe in my heart of hearts that I am a hopeless case when it comes to meditation? If balance and happiness don't come naturally, can I celebrate progress rather than perfection? August 8th.